right, y'all can find a seat. Hey, if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it to Exodus 15 with me tonight. Listen, let me be the first one as you're turning uh, in your Bible to welcome you tonight. It's gonna be an incredible night. And those of uh, you watching online with us tonight, listen, we're just so thankful you guys could make it uh, here, just be around the word tonight. And so if you have not heard yet, like this is like tailgate night. And so it's gonna be an incredible time. And I don't know uh, if you guys smelt that walking in, but that's the smell of Koneka and like uh, wings and like hot dogs. And so it's like all for you when you get out. And so it's, it's gonna be a cool time. Anybody try to kick a field goal yet out there by any chance? Anybody? All right, listen. Afterwards, I'm just, I, I, I don't want to brag, but I kicked, I kicked a field goal on my first try, okay? I don't want to brag or anything. Listen, I didn't stretch or anything. So listen, it's, it's pretty cool. But listen, we're so glad you guys are here. And, and I'm, I'm excited to be wrapping this series up, right? As we head into this encounter weekend, this was kind of our goal from the very beginning, right? As we go into encounter, we're going to kind of uh, really go through this series. And then after encounter, we're going to jump into another series. But man, this series has been uh, really impactful, I know for me, and man, my, my prayer, and you guys have to know, I'm being honest, is that it has been impactful for you too. And so we have talked about so many things over the past few weeks, and like it's not been the prettiest of things, it's not been, uh, you know, the best of memories probably brought up in your mind, but man, I believe if you, if you focus on what Scripture tells you to, no matter if it's guilt or shame or any of those things, regret, uh, I'm telling you, if you focus on what Scripture tells you to focus on, I'm telling you, you'll live a life of purpose and of joy. And so that's my goal tonight as well. And so we're going to tackle uh, the really the big pandemic of them all called your past. And so as we walk through the story of Moses, right, we have talked about so many things about his life, so many different scenarios of his life where he has questioned God, where he has over and over asked God, like, are you sure you want me? Like all these different things. And so tonight in Exodus chapter 15, we're going to come to this place to where we're kind of wrapping all of it up and summing all of it up in the few minutes that we have together tonight. And so as, as we go through this, I just I ask of you guys to do your part. And as we are going through this, man, like, listen, if something pops out to you uh, inside the scripture, man, be sure to highlight it, write it down, write it in your phone, take a picture or whatever you need to take a picture of. Like, be sure to take a note of that. And so there's going to be a few things tonight. We're going to be in verses 1 through 27 tonight, uh, no, 1 through 21 tonight. Uh, verses 1 through 21. And so as we are in these different verses, I want you guys, as we dive into the first 21 verses, I want you guys to just simply take note of things. Maybe something comes to your mind of how good God is, something you see in scripture of what you've never seen about God before. Because listen, all of our past are at stake tonight. And really, we're going to find this out, but like God's glory is at stake tonight. And you're like, well, that, that sounds very crazy. But it is the truth tonight. And so go ahead and dive in with me. Exodus chapter 15. 1 through 21, it says this. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. 
The deep waters have covered them. They sink to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was a majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who oppressed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them in your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish, anguish will grasp the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as a stone. Until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you brought pass by, you will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her, and timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang this song, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. Okay, so just like every week, there are many things that we could talk about, but we're going to boil it down to three things tonight. So I need you to pay attention, cheat with your neighbor, do something tonight. So the first thing we see from this scripture about our past, number one, your past is redeemable. Everybody understand this. Your past is redeemable. Verses 1 through 11, if you're taking notes tonight, like this is very key to understand. As you walk through chapter 15, verse 1 through 11, it is so interesting to see this because we know what Moses has went through, right? We know what he has been through. We know the questions. We know the doubts. We know all the things, right? So we have studied these past few weeks about who he is. And so this is the same Moses that we've been studying about this whole entire time. And so that same Moses that we've been studying and that we see he is struggling like he is saying, God, I'm not worthy enough. God, I'm not good enough. All these things. This is the same Moses that is singing inside of these scriptures in verses 1 through 11. So we see, like, how do you know the past is redeemable? Because Moses is singing for a reason, right? Moses is not complaining. He is singing for a reason. And so as you walk through verses 1 through 11, if you have time, just like highlight all the times that he says, he is my God, or I will praise him, or like the Lord is his name, like the Lord is a warrior. All the times, all the times that he puts the attention on who God is, right? Because all the other times we see Moses, what is he doing? He is putting all the attention on himself, right? He is saying, all right, God, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. God, I can't talk good enough. All these things, and Moses is like, man, listen, it, it is just not going to work out. Like, I'm, I'm not blank enough. Like I'm not, I'm not this good. Like I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not capable enough to do this. And so we go from this Moses to the Moses who is singing inside of the scripture. So listen, redemption, hear this. Redemption is what allows Moses to go from complaining 
to singing inside of the scripture. As we have studied this, right, as we kind of come to a head on this, we see the life of Moses, how he has lived, how he has taught, how he has responded to God. This is what we see Moses doing. Moses is going from complaining to singing inside of the scripture. You're like, okay, well, that's great. Anybody can sing. No, no, no. I'm talking about he is singing. He is saying, God, he's not just singing some Morgan Wallen song. He is not just singing some good old country song. He is saying, okay, God, you're a warrior. God, you're good. You're holy. God, I know what you have done. I know what I've seen. I know the reputation that you have. God, like I am not just coming up singing some old song that's good and that has good rhythm. God, I'm going to sing. Why? Because I have redemption and my heart and my soul has experienced redemption. And so only through redemption, right? Only through redemption are you allowed to go from complaining to singing inside of your life. And this needs to click with some of you. And if it's not complaining, it's whatever the situation is. It goes from this to praising. It goes from this to singing. This to really understanding who God is inside of your life. So many times we go throughout life and we're like, well, I'm just going to complain the whole time. I'm just going to do my own thing and I'm just going to, I'm going to come to church and I'm going to do my own thing. And that's not what God requires of us, right? Look back at, at Moses' life. Like think about the things in the life of Moses. Moses, he should have been killed. He was a murderer. He complains, can we say a lot, maybe highlight that inside of your body, like a lot. He complains a lot. Moses second guesses all the time. And so you see this track record of who Moses is, right? All up until this point, Exodus 15. And so we take all of these things and you're like, oh my gosh, I've never been able to identify with Moses more in my life. Like I understand what he is going through at the moment. Like it's coming to, to light now, the fact that he is not just singing a song, but he is singing a song because he knows that he has been redeemed. And many people, man, many people, maybe you can't sing your song tonight because you have never been redeemed tonight. Maybe, maybe you're held up so, so far back in your past and you're like, man, I swear, like, I swear I've moved on. I swear I've moved to bigger and better things. But look at your life. Like, has there been a transformation inside of your life? Like, have, have you just, if you ask yourself, like, have I, have I gone from complaining to singing in my own life? H have I gone from, like, dreading what I have done and, like, like being buried in my own shame and my guilt and my regret and my past to singing? praises to God, like not making this life about me anymore, but making it all about him. And I believe this is where you see true transformation taking place. This is whenever you see like, yes, I've truly been redeemed, right? Like I've truly have a reason to sing. I love how this one, this one study Bible sums it up. They said, this remarkable song is assumed to have come spontaneously as Moses led the nation into the wilderness on the other side of the Red Sea. They sang this song when their salvation was real to them. Like, you need to take note, note of that tonight. It was real to them. They sang it when the power and the presence of God were real to them. And this automatically brings us, like, into our own lives, like, right now, to ask the simple question, like, is salvation real to me? If I have not found myself going from complaining to singing, if I'm not found myself going from a past that is beating me up to, man, like I'm going to sing praises to God no matter what I've done against him, no matter what I've done wrong. We have to automatically ask ourselves, if it is this way in scripture, then shouldn't it be that way inside of our lives? Whenever we look at our past, there should be something that shows power in the presence of God is real inside of your life. And you're like, man, you, you don't know where I've come from. You don't know my story. You don't know what I've dealt with. You don't know any of those things. And you're right, I may not know those things. 
But do you understand that the power of God, like inside of your life, is enough to forgive you of whatever you've done? Do you you know that, like, the power and the love of God, God Almighty, that Exodus 15 is singing about inside of the scripture, He is saying, All of you who have never sang this song before, do you understand that you're missing out on a song that is sung for all of eternity? We're not just talking about an earthly song, we're not talking about a song that comes up and you're like, Man, oh, I've totally forgot about it already. No, we're talking about a song, whenever you sing it, you don't forget about it. Whenever you sing it, you don't stop singing it. It's repetitive and it's over and over. And scripture even tells us, what are the angels singing? Holy, holy, holy inside of heaven. And that's basically like, God, you're good. You're holy. You're set apart, God. I'm going to sing to you. This is how it starts out. I will sing to the Lord. Why? He is highly exalted. And many of us, man, have we exalted God inside of our lives in this type of way? This, this, we have to ask ourselves, like, have we exalted God in this type of way that even our life, like our life is singing of his praises? So this is good news tonight. Redemption like, is based more on what God plans to do with your life, not how much you've messed it up already. Like, Get this in your head about what redemption is. Based off the authority of Exodus chapter 15, this is what we see about redemption is that, listen, it is based more on what God plans to do with you as opposed to how you've messed up. We've talked about this so many times in the past few weeks, right? We've talked about how, man, it's so easy to get caught up inside of what you've done, inside of what you've said, inside of the mistakes that you've made. It's so easy to be brought back to that reality, even with a thought. But do you understand what Scripture is telling you to do? It's saying, with the power of redemption, with the power of God's grace, we see this whole idea of redemption and being forgiven of anything you've done in the past is not based on how bad you've messed it up. Like the spotlight is not on you in salvation. I don't know if anyone has ever told you that before. Like the spotlight is never on you. Like the goodness is never on you. God is never saying, oh, praise God. Like praise myself. Like you, you, you have been a good person enough to be saved. No, that is not the reality of salvation. The reality of salvation is saying, I understand what I've done in my past. I know, I acknowledge it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take up like with God what I've done in the past. But I also understand I'm not going to stop there because God has died on that cross for me and I'm still alive for a reason. And so therefore, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to use this word of redeemed and I'm going to lay it on my life, not based on how much I've messed up, how much I've missed it, how much I've missed the mark, but based on what God has done and will do and plans to do inside of my life. And many, many people, gosh, I, I believe, I fully believe many people just don't get it, right? They don't get what redemption is. Redemption, when it comes to your past, like it is totally available for you. This leads us into the truth number two, your past, it is dangerous to the enemy. Your past is dangerous to the enemy. Now, this, this is very encouraging for all of us in the room. Verses 12 through 18, we're not going to read through it, but if you just kind of scan through it, 12 through 18, you see this whole idea as we continue on about this whole idea of God's right hand, right? Like verse 12 starts out, you stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemy. So it basically goes on verse 12 through 18, telling us how good God is despite our past, how good God is to Moses despite who he's been in the past, right? It basically tells us like, God, you did this. Like, God, I know you know this, but I'm going to tell you again, God, this is what it looked like from my level. And God, this was pretty incredible. Like you slaughtered them. God, like you, you literally breathed and weird things happened. God, like God, you literally like opened your mouth and like the ocean did some weird things. God, like, like I'm going to tell you what happened from my point of view. Do you see this is the same with your past? 
your past, we can use the word dangerous. It is dangerous to the enemy. Because think about it, something that was once encouraged by the enemy, get this, is now a threat to the enemy. This is what redemption does. This is the power redemption has inside of your life. Like the enemy, he is the one that is behind every temptation. He is the one behind every sin. He is the one behind every white lie. He is the one behind every drink, behind every sleep around, behind every whatever you do. He is the one behind all of it. This is the enemy. It's not God's fault. It's the enemy. So there's God and there's a very real enemy. Do you understand with redemption, whenever you take this redemption on, that thing that he was so encouraged by, as you were living in sin, by the way, whenever you're living in sin, you know what that does? It glorifies the enemy instead of God. And so as you were living in that sin, as you were glorifying the enemy, as you were saying, okay, I'm, I'm gonna hold, hold the enemy in higher regard than I hold God in his commandments. Like as you do that, you need to, you need to understand that same enemy that was glorified and encouraged through your evil acts is now threatened by what you've chosen to do with your life. This is a powerful truth from God's word. And this is what we see from verses 12 through 18. As Moses continues in his story, and he is basically saying like how good God is, like God, by the power of your right hand, like this is, this is what happened, this is what took place. It wasn't because of how bad I was, God, like, like praise God that, that he didn't take into account what I have done or what I've said or, or the things in my past, but he took into account his own glory. And he does the same with our lives today. He doesn't take into account what I've done or what I've said. He says he removes that as far as the east is from the west if I ask him for his forgiveness, right? And if I turn my life around and take this redemption on me. And so he is saying God gets all the glory out of what is happening in this moment, and that's, that's how your past comes in handy. You're saying, I don't know how I'm gonna use my past. I don't know where this is gonna come in handy. This is where it comes in handy. The moment you choose to give your life to Jesus Christ, and the moment you choose redemption for your life. I love how one scholar summed it up. They said the right hand was thought to be the hand uh, the hand of skill and power. When God works with his right hand, it is a work of skill and power. Think about this. I don't know if you've ever read this inside of scripture, but like oftentimes you'll read throughout scripture and even in this certain passage, like we see many times where it says by my right hand or, or by your right hand, or this is what happened because of your right hand. All throughout scripture, we see this. Like this is something that is a big deal because we see through this, like our redemption is taken care of, like our past is taken care of. Just look with me, it's gonna be on your screen. A few places in scripture as we kind of dive in, Psalm 45 verse four, it says, God's right hand teaches us. So that's, that's one thing he's right hand does. Psalm 48, 10. God's right hand is full of righteousness. Psalm 48, uh, Psalm 110, verse 1. The father invites the son to sit where? At his right hand. Habakkuk 2, 16. The cup of God's judgment is held in his right hand. Ephesians 1, 20. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father. And we could go on and on and on about how powerful God's right hand is. So it's not that Exodus 15 was being written out and they're like, well, should we put right hand, left hand? Like, was God left-handed? Like, am I left-handed? No, no, no. They said, no. It's crucial we put the right hand in this category. Why? Because there's something special about God's right hand. And what happens with your redemption, with your past, is that your past gets placed in his right hand. And so if it is in his right hand, guess what? Nothing or no one can do anything with it but him. 
And this is what happens whenever you give your life to him, whenever you, like Moses is doing, and you finally surrender your life to the plans and everything that he has for your life, it goes into his right hand. It doesn't just go in the the ceiling or or maybe in the the clouds or whatever the situation is. No, it goes into God's right hand. And so through his right hand, he does all of these things. And so here's, here's what we see because of this. Because your past is in God's right hand, it is no longer a threat to you. Take note of this. It is no longer a threat to you, but to your enemy. Connect the dots to what's going on here in Exodus 15. Your past, God's right hand, kind of parallel both together. Because it is in his right hand, because what scripture promises us in this moment, how powerful his right hand is, it is no longer a threat to you. And many of you, you're living in this, in this lifestyle of being afraid and being timid and doing all these things because of what you've done. Like you're your own worst enemy. And you know that God has said these things inside of his word and you're living a life that is a lie. And I just wonder if God just shakes his head at us sometimes and like, do you, do you, not, do you not know my word? Like, do you, do you not trust my word? Like the, the moment, the moment you trusted me with your life and with your salvation, like my, my right hand took care of the rest. Like, like I, my, my right hand took, took it in and, and I said, I, I will never hold it against you again. And I promise you, like, like the, the son is seated at the father's right hand and like righteousness is in this hand and forgiveness is in this hand. And, and like, I promise you, I can give you life through, through this, right? And so, so many of us live this life and we're like, man, I can't change it. I wish I could redo it. And we're, we're wishing all this time that we could literally be living in a reality that it is gone. It, it is gone for good, right? And so this leads us to our last one, your past. It's, it's a prop for God's glory. And this is what we ultimately see about our past, right? And this is a really good thing tonight. Verses 19 through 21, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. So just picture this in your mind. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her. So all the women charged, right? This is what we see. With timbrels and dancing, Miriam sang a song, sing to the Lord for the highly exalted both horses and driver, he is hurled into the sea. Don't you see this, man? As much as we have studied about Moses in the past several chapters and and as much as we could study even more about him, don't you see what God does here? Like, don't you see how it is all a prop for his glory? No, God doesn't, never encourages you to run from him. God never encourages you to sin. He never encourages no, that's not God. That's, that's the enemy that is real. We know that. But, but don't you see that even behind your worst mistakes, God plans to use that for his glory? And, and we got to connect the dots here and say, all right, if, if, I don't, if I don't take him up on this, God's glory is at stake in my life. If I don't allow him to use all the things that are full of shame and guilt and regrets and all the things I don't want to talk about, man, I'm not going to go to a D group because I don't want to talk about them, like, like all these things. Don't you understand what God is doing here? He's got this whole thing rigged. I fully believe God has it rigged, right? And so, like, you have all these things, and, and he is saying, do you understand, even if you can't see it, I promise you, I promise you, man, if you'll just let me have it, it's going to be a prop for my, not your glory, but for my glory. So think about this. God, he used a man who should have been killed. Talking about linking it to earlier. He should have been killed. 
He was a murderer. He complained and he second-guessed everything to display his glory. So kind of taking this back to the very first point that we talked about earlier in the night, God used this man to display his glory. And I just want to ask you, what is your excuse as to why you shouldn't display God's glory? I get it. I may not know your story. I may not know the depths of your secrets. All I know is that, like, this is pretty rough stuff, man. And God, God has a way of using this that even the enemy, even the enemy can't mess up God's plan. Even your past can't mess up God's plan. Even the things that you have taken part in can't mess up his glory. That's how good God is. So God, God didn't end a miraculous story by highlighting Moses' past failures, but rather that he was highly exalted through Moses' obedience. Do you see this? As we close out tonight, verses 19 through 21, walk us through this, right? God could have easily put this inside of scripture of, hey, by the way, before I tell you about Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen, being destroyed because of the glory of God. I'm gonna tell you about Moses and, and how bad he has messed up and I'm gonna steal the glory from myself. No, no, this is not what we see God doing. No, we see God, he is taking the glory from himself. So this miraculous story that we see inside of scripture, this, this big deal that we see inside of scripture, we gotta see Moses' failures, like it, it got him there because he allowed God to use his failures. But do you see that they were not highlighted at any point in this story? God didn't come back and say, I'm going to destroy you, Moses. Oh, man, I'm glad you came here because I'm going I'm to make you regret doing this. No, God is saying, we got bigger things to do. He is saying, if you would just trust me, I promise you, there will be someone highly exalted at the end of your story through your obedience, and that person will be so much bigger than you. That person will be the creator of the world. That person will be the creator of your soul. That person will be the creator of everything that you know. He'll be the one that came down on this earth, and he died for you. He is saying, someone's going to be exalted, and I promise you, it's not going to be you. If you trust me, if you just go through my plan, if you give me your failures, give me your past, if you surrender where we don't like to talk about. If we surrender those things and let me have them, I promise you through your obedience, I will be exalted. Not only will I be exalted, but there will probably be souls that are saved because of your obedience. There will probably be people who get plugged into this church because of your obedience. There will probably be people on your campus who turn their lives around because of your obedience. This is what God does right? And so if we were to sum all of this up, if we, were, if we were to really look at this and look at our own lives, think about it. The Lord's glory is at stake through whether or not you choose to be redeemed and let go of the past. And you're saying, man, no, I, I, believe, I believe the Lord's glory is available and it will be whenever it wants to be. According to scripture, this is what we see. We see God's glory, right? We see, we see God's glory is at stake through this, but you gotta understand, your redemption is a big part of his glory. And, and you letting go of your past is a massive part of his glory. And you saying, God, I own up to what I've done. And God, I know I keep doing it, and I keep doing it, and I keep doing it, and it's time for me to change what I've done. I'm gonna use this word called repentance, and I'm gonna turn from my sin, and I'm gonna trust you. You see, you doing that is a big part of God's glory inside of your life. And I would just encourage you to think like, if you did step out on a limb and you did choose redemption and you chose to walk in God's plan for your life, think about, is there someone in your life that maybe just maybe, if you acted out on this, that they could say, man, 
I think I'm going to give this a shot too. Like, man, I know how messed up they were, right? I, I, I know what they did. I know what they said. I know how they did this. I know what this looked like inside of their life. Just think about inside of your own life. Again, remember, God has this thing rigged. And so he has put you in a place. Think about it. He's put you in a place to where you know people. You know people who don't know him. And so what about in your life if you just put to death the past and you said, listen, it's not going to have any more control or glory out of my life. Like it's there and I can't change it, but you got to understand, I'm not going to let it run the things inside of my life. And so therefore, what is my other option? My other option is to say to give glory to the Lord through letting it go. And so as we go through this invitation time here in just a moment, you can go ahead and close your Bibles and, and, and your notebooks and all that good stuff. I want to encourage you guys. As we go into this time, I want to encourage you guys, think inside of your life. As we've been going through this whole series, man, this whole series on the life of Moses, the life that he's lived, the life that he wished he could live, like the, how he was comparing himself, all these things. Think about where he ended up inside of Scripture. The dude ended up singing. Some of you are like, yeah, there's no way in, in the world that my situation is going to end with me singing. And you say that until you come face to face with the God who can allow you to sing in the midst of anything. And so as we go into this time, I want to encourage you guys, like, think about, think about the past few weeks as we have talked about it. Th think about the life of Moses. Think about how he did all the things. But also think about even in, even in a higher regard who God is, even through his situation. Because that's where it's going to come in handy for me and you tonight. It's like we talked about, man, your story may not match up exactly like Moses. You may not have the, the same mess ups and the same regrets, the same failures. But that's not what it's about. It's about seeing that you, you do have mess ups, you do have failures, you do have regrets, you do have a past. But what are you gonna do with it? Like, like how, how are you gonna use that? Understand, man, I can't make you make a decision, but, but I want you to understand that if you, if you walk out of this place and you, you, don't, you don't fix it, you don't get it right with the Lord, do you understand you're messing with God Almighty's glory? You're, you're messing with the glory of the one who is forever. And we don't just sit up here and sing about it and, and beat you over the head with it through a sermon, but it is reality. Like if you walk out of this place and you know you've never dealt with your past, you're still in glory from the only one who deserves it. And you're withholding glory from him through someone else inside of your life. Man, take that step. Think about that person. Think about your own life. Like, be broken. Be broken before God tonight. God, God, we come before you. Lord, we, we thank you. We just want to say thank you, God, for, for how good you are to us. God, we want to say thank you. God, for your glory. God, and it's exciting. It is so exciting to look through Exodus 15 after we know who Moses has been. God, the man is singing to you after he has messed up, God, and he has a really crazy past about him. And God, the encouraging thing is, God, we know that we're no different. It could be any of us in the room. And God, you, you have chosen 
you have chosen to say, redemption is yours. Redemption is yours if you will just take my word. God, you've chosen to say in your word, God, you're gonna separate our past as far as the east is from the west to the depths of the ocean. It will be no more. You, you even go as far as to saying, God, that you're gonna, you're gonna forget it. God, we know you don't have amnesia, but God, that's by your grace, you forget it. God, it will be no more. So God, for the person who is struggling, God, for the person who may have just come in the room tonight to get some wings after service and, and they're thinking, man, what in the world is going on here? God, I, I pray, God, I pray that you would deal with the hearts in only a way that you can tonight. God, we pray that God, people would be broken. Even the people who didn't realize they should have been broken. God, now they see it. Now they know how good you are and how sinful they are. So God, we pray, speaking of your glory, God, we pray as we go into this time of response, Jesus, that, oh God, you would be glorified through our response to your word as we have studied it. God, through our response to your worship during this time. Lord, we love you and we ask all these things in your name.